Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm happy that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. For more information about us, I would encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. There you can find a statement of faith, more, learn more about us. You can listen to previous podcasts as well, and there's a page there that tells you where we're all at on the internet. If if you listen to us uh, off the web page and you have uh, iHeartRadio or uh, Amazon Music or Apple uh, downloads, iTunes, Google Play, I, there's quite a few out there, and we're on most of them. And then you could listen to us on the go as well that way if you're listening to us on a computer. We ask also that you always look at our prayer request page. There are people there who have made an effort to ask for prayers. And we do change it from time to time. We take things off or add things. And I know that's not a weekly thing because we don't always get prayer requests every week. If you have a question, there's a contact us page for that purpose as well. We would be happy to entertain your question, your Bible question, and we will do our best to answer it. Today we're going to talk about all have sinned, all have sinned, and I would encourage you uh, to get a Bible and follow along. Uh, the scripture reading here in a moment will be Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 16 and 18, and then we're going to head over to Romans chapter 3. Before we do that as well, I want to say thank you for uh, those who financially supported us uh, this past year, now that we're into a new year, and that the bills do continue to come in, and, and I thank those who have helped. It, it does really make a difference. It helps offset the cost and the financial burden of putting out a weekly podcast for you. We really love and enjoy doing it, and nobody here is making a wage off of that. We simply use those funds to help us update our equipment, uh, pay software, uh, royalty fees or whatever, uh, SoundCloud, we use that for our server, and we had to pay them a yearly deal, and so on. So while it's not real expensive, it, it is uh, just for one person to try to, to bear that load. And so God has always blessed us with prayer warriors to keep praying for this podcast, to continue to allow it to grow. Each and every week, uh, we, we're, we're up way over 200 a week now, and listeners, and that's a pretty steady number. Uh, it, it does go up and down a little bit, and I think some of it has to do with holidays or weather or uh, pandemic or no pandemic or whatever, but it doesn't fluctuate what I would call greatly. It, we are picking up actually more and more listeners within the United States. When this podcast first started, the majority of the listeners were actually uh, in the Eastern Hemisphere, and most of those uh, were really what I would consider non-Christian uh, nations, maybe even atheist-type nations. And so we, 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 we just thank God that people are wanting to listen to us. We give lots of positive feedback. That encourages us as well. And we try, honestly, just to bring a simple, straight message that you can follow along in your Bible. They'll help you grow closer to Christ, if you're seeking out Him and you're wanting to know more about Him, that the podcast serves that purpose as well. And I don't try to use big words. I do know them, and I do know the Greek and 
some Hebrew. It's been a while since I've studied Hebrew. But anyway, English is not the first language with over half the audience or close to half. And so I, I try not to use slang. And, and I've had a few comments made about that. And that that's really why. We had a, a comment come in at, uh, I hear snoring in the background. Well, this is not really recorded uh, with a live audience. We don't put it out live either. We've thought about doing it with YouTube or something, uh, but the money's not there. The snoring that you hear is an animal, a dog that we rescued, and I guess she she just gets bored and she starts to snore. Anyway, uh, she's always laying at my feet here at the little recording studio that we have and she won't leave my my side here she's really a pretty good dog but anyway uh, that's the snoring and i'm not going to take a whole podcast to explain uh, the snoring anyway that answers that again this uh, podcast is entitled all have sinned all have sinned in, in jeremiah chapter 6 Again, now it's Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, and this will be from the English Standard Version. Thus saith the Lord, Stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. I set watchmen over you, saying, Pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not pay attention. Verse 18. Verse 18. Therefore hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what will happen to them. If you really study the, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah has probably be my most favorite book uh, out of the Old Testament. I, I enjoy them all. But Jeremiah is a very interesting book. In fact, you can see so many applications how people were acting, thinking. In the days of Jeremiah, it's really pretty clear if you study and read the book at all that God is very frustrated with people who are claiming to be his people. In the context of today, those who are claiming to be Christian. With the Jewish people, they said, well, they believed in God. They went to the temple and worshipped God. A lot of people go to church and worship God. But the rest of the time, they're living a life however they want to live. Uh, they, they talk however they want to talk. Uh, they involve themselves in idolatry and worshiping false gods. and uh, The list goes on and on. And God is saying, stop that. Don't do that. And, and that's what Jeremiah's message is. And, and that's why Jeremiah is not a real popular person uh, in his day and time. In fact, probably the only person who really, uh, on the earth at that time, in general speaking, that liked uh, Jeremiah was probably the Babylonians. Because he would tell them to, to give up, surrender, um, and go out to the Babylonians. Of course, the Jewish people saw that as treason, especially the leaders. Uh, and so there was this constant battle. Uh, the book of Jeremiah is written... In an aspect, if you try to read it just from God's view, you can do that. If you want to read it from the Babylonian uh, view, you could do that too. Uh, obviously, you can read it from the view of Jeremiah, as well as the view of the people. It is a very deep and interesting book. I think the problem with most people have studying it is uh, 
it is not written in a chronological order. It's, it it, it kind of jumps all over the place. And so, if you have a chronological Bible, you can read the book of Jeremiah in order. And I don't know if that helps people or confuses it, but that is an option for you to do. But I know most of us live in, in, a, in a country, we definitely live in a world, uh, where the gospel is really watered down. And it's watered down because of personal experiences here. People do not want to hear the hardcore gospel. The gospel is good news, absolutely. The gospel is about the love of God, absolutely. But there's more that we need to understand. We need to understand how much God really hates sin. And, you know, we have really taken this glorious gospel from our, our blessed uh, Savior, and we have reduced it down to uh, four or five spiritual laws or uh, steps that God wants you to know. Then you can be saved. But it, if you read through the New Testament, especially... Uh, Unlike the old, if you were born a Jew, you were born in a covenant relationship. And that's not true under the New Testament. And so, if you read through the New Testament, sooner or later, if you study it, you're going to have to agree at some point. It's just a little more than a prayer uh, at the end. Uh, everybody says, congratulations. Hey, you're in the kingdom of God. And, and however we live, uh, we can live as we wish. Uh, we don't tell people or explain to people you have to stop sinning. And, and that's not easy. We all fall short, including me. Okay? And, and it's a struggle. It really is. But we need to ask God for help. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to, to cleanse our hearts, our minds, our mouths, our eyes, our ears, all that. Because we are bombarded with messages from all around us. Uh, that Christianity is uh, a hateful religion, it, it, it's uh, a racist type religion, and that's really not true. If you really study the Bible and you really understand God loves everybody, and He died for everybody, and I can't think of anybody else in the religious world, speaking in general terms, no matter what religious faith might be, not many people are going to be willing to die for you. Not willing, people are going to be willing to be flogged and beat and suffer and give up their, their riches. I mean, Jesus was king. He's God. He's in heaven. He's sitting on a throne room. And he did not have to leave that. And so, this is not the gospel of Jesus uh, just to say, well, I done did that. Uh, I've been baptized. I have said a prayer. I, I, I. And the problem with all that is, it's about me, myself, and I. And if you don't believe me, just ask me. Okay, think about that. So, there is a lot of activity in American Christianity. And I'm not saying everybody in American Christianity is lost or going to hell. I'm not saying that. But you have to see that on the surface, with so many folks, uh, at the end, it, it, there's just a lot of empty messages. And... You can almost hear the crickets in the background. And my wife, she she finds it amazing how I can listen uh, to sermons and I can already flip my Bible, I know where they're going, because I've heard the same things over and over and over again. 
And that's how much God loves me, how much God loves you, kumbaya, and let's go home or run to the nearest restaurant. And we fail to understand there are people in this world who are dying, suffering, and being persecuted it's for seeking out the gospel message. And we take that really for granted, I think, so much. And do we even begin to really understand the purity of, the, of Christianity? I mean, according to the scriptures, the greatest knowledge a man can possess and have is the knowledge of God. You know, I, I know growing up, my father, he does listen to the podcast occasionally. And uh, but one of the things he said to me growing up is, they, speaking the world or the government or whoever, they can take away your house, your car, uh, they can take away uh, lots of things, your job, but they cannot take what's in your mind. They can't take your education away from you. They can't take your knowledge away from you. And, you know, he instilled in, at least in me, uh, the priorities, or he tried. I'm not sure that I always listened as a child, but, you know, God had to be first. He had to be center in your life. Because with that, God will take care of the rest. I mean, he'll take care of your family. He'll, he'll help take care of you in, in the country that you live in. Now, that doesn't mean that we can just kick back and say, well, God will take care of it. No, you have to be proactive, and you have to be doing things. And so, if I were to ask you to, to take out a sheet of paper right now, and I ask you to write down uh, the definition of the steps of salvation. I, I really don't like that term, but what would you know? How many of us could open up a, a Bible and find the Sermon on the Mount? How many of us could open up our Bible and find the day of Pentecost? How many of us could go find the creation story? How many of us could open the Bible and find the history of the Jewish nation in the New Testament? I mean, we, we, have, we have propped up the gospel message with all kinds of artificial things. And you have to turn the church... Of, of Jesus that he died for and get away from this idea that six flags over Jesus to get people to come to your building so that they can put money in your coffers so that you can have your uh, whatever pay your make your make your mortgage payment or utilities I can tell you today so much of what is called church is really not the church that was established on the day of Pentecost. And for those who don't know who are listening, you can find the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Okay, so the true church that Christ died for, bled for, is hearing their, their, the gospel message on the day of Pentecost. And they, they believe what they are hearing to be true. And... Uh, they do repent. They say, well, well, we're our sinners. What must we do? And, and they begin obeying the commandments of Christ. Uh, how many people were baptized that day? Well, you can go to the Acts chapter 2 and find out. A lot of people were baptized. Okay, so, and the entire book of Acts is, is a history 
uh, the Acts of the Apostles, in how the, the church was established, the power of the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives. And if you read at the end of Acts chapter 2, around verse 42, it says, God adds to the church daily. And that's where we make a mistake a lot of times. You and I can't, we don't add anybody. God adds. And I, I think sometimes we're just seeking out some self-fulfillment when we go to church. Uh, we, we want to be entertained, and we want to feel good. And, and I've heard the comment, I get negative all week long. The boss is always on me. The kids are in trouble at school. Uh, the wife is always nagging, whatever. And I want to come to church, and I want to feel good. Well, I understand the stresses of, of a work week and, and disagreements with a spouse or, and, or children or whatever. And so we need to understand, though, People died believing the gospel. People are dying in the world today for believing in the gospel. I have a great fear for many people who claim to be Christian. Most of what uh, they are or we are uh, is not really based on scripture, but based on culture. And if this is true, it really needs to stop. If we are Christian, we, we need to return to the rock from which we were cut. We, we need to seek out, the prophet said, those old paths and learn to walk in them. If you, if you, again, if you have a Bible's open, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 3 here in just a moment. If Christianity does not have an impact in the world, it's because it's like the world. You know... If the world is sugar, everything's good, everything tastes good, everything's sweet, in the church is that way, there's no difference between the world and the church. The, the people who are, who are seeking are lost, and many people maybe in the church, they don't see a difference. It's just a social club. We have a, a questionnaire years ago uh, that was handed out to a congregation to find out... Uh, what the world wants, and then it conforms itself to what the world wants. And the questionnaire, let me say that again, is about a group of people who put out a questionnaire in a congregation, and they ask some questions. And what is really interesting to me is they, they think there's a lot of other truths out there. Science, uh, when, it, when a child really becomes a life or a living form, uh, how the world and the universe really came in, because science proves it. Well, folks, the greatest scientist is Christ. He is the creator. John chapter 1 says so, so does Colossians chapter 1. And so, we need to understand, the greatest scientist, he's wrote it out for us, how all this has come in. He's wrote out how life begins at conception. Because I, I, I can assure you, we, we're going to deal in truth here, or will you deal with the truth later? And what I mean by that, here and now, are you going to deal with it for all eternity? Because at some point, all of us will see God, and there will be a judgment day. You see, when it comes to God, there is a doctrine, and it says that He is eternal. He, he will not be voted out. 
There's no changing of the guard. There's no appeals court. None of this I did not know stuff. Ignorance of the law will not be an excuse. Especially in a country like this uh, where you can go down to the local store, bookstore, and you can buy a Bible for $4.99. You can get it free off the internet. And so the God I speak about is the God with whom all of us we're always going to have to deal with at some point in our life. And you're not going to be avoid him, no matter how hard you try. You can say, well, there's no such thing as a God. But there's evidence all around you there is a God, there is a creator. And I'm offended, I don't care who you are. I did not crawl out of the ocean and I didn't come from a monkey. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 27 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance. God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We're his boasting then. It is excluded by what law or works? No, by the law of faith. And that's the New King James Version. Okay, so notice this. For all have sinned. That, that's everybody listening to the podcast, including myself. That doesn't terrify you? Because it really should. It, it makes me tremble. You see, if we were a people who who really do not know God, I mean, Jesus looks something like Santa Claus to most Americans. Or, or some kind of, of indulgent grandfather. And the fact is that we have so little scripture knowledge and therefore we really do not know God as we claim that we do. And because we do not know God, we do not know what sin truly is. Let me, let me give you some words here. Disgusting, vile, abomination. Some of the very things you watched on TV uh, before you listened to the podcast uh, that you laughed at. It's vile before God. The very God you claim to worship and, and honor when you, when you walk into a church building, what we, we choose to read, watch, and do, it should all glorify God continually. Every conversation that you had with co-workers, customers, your students, family, friends, should all be in for the glory of God. They should be able to hear in your voice and the words that you talk that you really are. A follower of Christ. This God, He should not be so small part of your life that He's something that you add to an already successful career. And I believe there's a lot of folks that have done that. You see, He is everything or He is nothing. He does not have a social club. He does not play games. He does not own a professional sports team. He's God. 
a young man who was part of a, a student exchange program years ago that uh, my wife and I were involved in, he made a statement about us that, that kind of went along those lines. All you do is talk about God in the Bible, and you have no way to talk this way. Well, actually I do, but, but the father, that's the fact. But the church, if we do not speak out for God and against vile television shows and movies and writing, whatever, how will people ever really come to know God? I mean, they're happy sitting in their filth. They don't realize they are, but they are. And we have an obligation to fulfill Christ's commission. Television shows and commercials that portray sin and defile God should not be on the list of shows that we, we can't wait to get home and watch. If you're standing around the water cooler in the break room and have conversations to say how saucy uh, your favorite show is or how sexy that, that person might be, uh, you're showing really that God's really not in your life. We need the Bible. We need to know the Word of God. Again, the Bible says that all have sinned. That's all of us. Every living human being has sinned against God. The Puritans said it this way, You have not sinned against the mayor of some small village. You have not trespassed against your own kind, but you have sinned against the creator of the universe, one who is so good. He deserves absolutely everything that you could render to him, and yet you have not. You have sinned. I, I want you to think for a moment. In, in the creation of the world, God stands on that day and he commands the stars uh, that are so much larger than our own sun. I mean, he puts them in different places throughout space, and, and then he displays his power in creation. I mean, he tells planets to set themselves in an order and do not remove themselves from that order. And he gives another command and they hold perfect orbit. He tells mountains to be lifted up and he tells valleys to be cast down and they obey. He tells the sea, yes, the great seas to, to bring forth fish of every kind and the sea cries out of the creative power of God Almighty. And then God comes uh, to us and says, come. And what do we do? We go the other way. To, to know us, we, we need to understand his word. And, and we need to worship him and him alone. And we say, no, uh, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I will only do it uh, at my convenience, under my terms, uh, under my rules, or whatever. Or I will come, but uh, I, I'm going to, to bring in these different religions and blend them together so that nobody really uh, gets mad. All dogs go to heaven. To trespass on, on God, the commands that he has given, to either go past them or not come forward to them, uh, we, we've sinned. Again, today's modern interpretation of the text here in Romans is that God made you for a glorious purpose and because of sin you have not achieved that glorious purpose. That is just a tiny fraction of what that text really means. It is not about you, me, and your self-fulfillment. 
it is about God. What their text really means is, you were made for him, not for you, for him. And being made for him, you will never have peace until you are for him. Not just part of the way. Not just, yes, he's in my life. Not just me and Jesus got our own little thing going on. No. Not until you give yourself 100% to him. You will be spiritually miserable, poor, blind, and naked until you do. No matter how much wealth and fame you have, you'll be a sinner and you'll be lost in the eyes of God. You were made for Him. 65%, I think, or more maybe, Americans think they are Christian. Luke 6.44 says this, For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick up grapes from a, a bear bush. A true Christian bears godly fruit. It, it doesn't take long to identify the fruit of somebody's tree. A, a true Christian works, he, he worships his or her maker day and night. You're always in prayer. Uh, you're always teaching the truth of the gospel mission, the complete and whole truth, not just with a few words, uh, but also by your action. You have 66 favorite books that you, you, you like them, and you enjoy reading them, and you tell other people, hey, I was reading Nehemiah the other day, and I didn't know until I read it that Nehemiah and Ezra were in the... They're living together. They're, they're alive at the same time. That would be a true statement. Okay? So, you're not obsessed with sports. Uh, I, I hear a lot of people talking at work about, you know, they can give you all the sports stats for their local uh, uh, college or pro teams or whatever. Uh, you're not obsessed with relationships outside your marriage, uh, with lying. Uh, how can I double my profits in business dealings? Reading books that display or approve of ungodly messages. Watching programs that degrade family, husband and wife values, or are, are godly morals not allowed in our home anymore? Are they not allowed in our schools and our workplace? Something I guess I've just never understood how comedy is thought to be so funny with vulgar words racial slurs, and taking God's name in vain. And that's just a few off the top of my head. I try to avoid all these things because I know they're sinful. And it really irritates me when I walk in at work or at the store or whatever and I hear um, Jesus' name misused. If that's what we're involved in in our lives, we need to figure out how to remove those things. And, and we need to replace them with something else. Because when we have voids in our life, we, we always go to try to fill them. Otherwise, we're going to return to our old, our old ways. Luke chapter 11, verses 24 and 26. Here's Jesus talking. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and not finding in it any... It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it 
comes, it finds it all swept and put in order. And then it goes and takes along seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they go in and they live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. You might be thinking, well, how is that possible? I mean, that's Jesus talking. I I'm here to tell you nothing is impossible with God. Verse 18 excuse me, chapter 18, verse 27, here's Jesus saying again, that things that are impossible with people are possible with God. You and I cannot by ourselves. We like sin too much. Our, our flesh is corrupt. And, and the honest truth is, why do you sin? Because we like it. And that's what the writer of Proverbs would say. We, we need to let God purge all that impurities out of us. We need to ask Him and to do that we need to study his word and by reading and studying his word we will fill those voids in and we won't have any voids anymore they're all going to be filled up with with christ in, in our lives we need to put our very trust and our hope in him and we need to stop watering down the gospel just to please ourselves and deceiving ourselves for a, a clean or clear conscience in reality, we are really only on this earth for a very short time. What are we going to do to prepare ourselves to meet our judge? Whatever reasons or excuses that you and I can come up with, the question has to be this. We cannot place our worship of God as a priority here on earth. How do we expect to do it for all eternity? And somebody probably will email me and say, oh, you know what, with, with the, the pandemic and the virus, all the churches are closed, people are not meeting. Well, that doesn't stop you from getting together with other people and worshiping God in your home. We, we have that going on here. We, we have our home studies and, and we talk to others and, and, and whatnot. So uh, just because uh, Webster says the church is a building uh, where people meet, Jesus did not die for brick and mortar. He, he didn't die for songbooks and, and carpet and light bulbs, okay? He died for people. He, the church is uh, the people, the body that is saved and cleansed in the blood. The podcast is yours to, 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 to digest. I probably went a little longer than I normally do. I, I certainly hope that you will reflect in your life and look at the fruit that you are displaying. If you're unsure about your life and what fruit you're displaying, start reading the Bible. Find a Christian friend. Uh, find a, a congregation that is still meeting that is teaching the complete truth and they're not just on two or three topics or five topics or whatever. But they're really teaching the entire Word of God. That is really when all things start coming together to know who God is, how he looks at things. and Like I said earlier in the podcast, what does the greatest scientist say? Well, he says this. And so that's just one example I have on top of my head. I want to encourage you to, to study God's word, uh, be in depth with it. Uh, I listen to it. Uh, through my earbuds at work sometimes. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to, the, to God's Word. And so we, we can do it. You can pray driving down the road. Just don't close your eyes, right? 
you could pray anytime, anywhere, any place. Uh, of course, use common sense. And I would hope that uh, men, that you're really leading your family in prayer and devotions and, and Bible studies with your wife and your children. Because there's a lot more uh, to knowing who God is than a 20-minute sermon that you get once a week. It, it is a daily thing. And I know it's challenging for me as busy as we get uh, with work requirements and doctor's appointments or whatever. It is. It is a real challenge to say I'm too busy uh, to take time out for God. It, we, we need to stop putting our priorities together. Well, thank you again for listening. I hope that you would hit that like button and make sure that you follow us. You can find us on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. Facebook doesn't seem to like us for some reason. I can't seem to get it started. Anyway, uh, that's not a slam against Facebook. It's just the way it is. Please make sure you go to our webpage and, and check that out. If you have a question, we will do our best to answer it. Uh, over the air. If you don't want me to put it over the air, that's fine. I will email you the answer. May God bless you, and may He have the glory. Mm-hmm.